be submitted directly to our new staff via email. The address is news at wfhb.org. Welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs show featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. From the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Good evening and welcome to Blooming Out on WFHB. I'm Ryan Shaddy. And I'm Jeff Poling. On tonight's show, we have our featured music and the LGBTQ area event calendar. But first, we'll be speaking with members of Spencer Pride. They're here t- today, and we are talking about this weekend's Spencer Pride Festival, which we are so excited for. Hi, Judy Epp and Hi, everyone else. Yeah, we have Judy Epp and Sunny Epp here. Uh, Sunny comes from, where do you come from again, Sunny? Greentown, Indiana. Greentown, Indiana, to help help Judy every year for the Pride, the, the Spencer Pride Festival. Welcome, both of you guys. Thank you. All right, Judy. So the first thing that we want to talk about is uh, you were on the front page of the Indianapolis Star t- today. Congratulations on that. That was some good stuff, a great article about uh, Spencer, but it also really highlighted a lot of things about how Spencer Pride got started. So, um, great! Tell us a little bit about how you how you got that in, into the Indy Star, and maybe a little bit about the background of that article. Okay, I'd love to, Ryan. Um, we were uh, we we're so excited to be in the Indy Star. We could hardly concentrate on the stuff we needed to do today. Um, I had contacted, I had read an article that Stephanie Wang had done uh, a couple of years ago, actually, I believe about uh, PFLAG and or Indie Pride. And I thought, I think maybe she would be interested in doing something on us. And she didn't have time then. And last year she was out of town around our festival. So I just kind of let it go. And she actually contacted me this year and wanted to do a story. So she came out and we spoke for about an hour and then she came back um, and brought a photographer and did some more. And she did some interviews with a couple other of our directors like um, Dylan Heaslett, um, who has been with us since he was in high school and is now a director and a grown up. And um, so that we were real excited, real excited, and never dreamed that we would wind up on the front page above the fold of all things. So, yeah, right. it's, yeah, we're just. Yeah, you know, it's kind of weird. I, I was up in Indianapolis today and, and up on the north side of Indianapolis at that. And uh, right on the, the bar counter of the restaurant that I was eating lunch at was, was the newspaper with you on the front. And it was, I was like, 
Oh my! Oh my gosh! We've made it to the north side of Indy. Spencer, right. Spencer has made it all the way up there. So, who would uh, believe that? You know, and and it's not bad news either. You, yes, the, yes. Oh my gosh! It's nothing bad in the news. It's for a great cause and right. for a great opportunity for Spencer to get the the word out. Exactly. Um, not only have you been in the Indy Star, but you were also in the Indianapolis Monthly Magazine as well. Right. Uh, what was that article centered around? Well, I think it was um, kind of the same information. Actually, I didn't get to see that. Jonathan told me that we were featured in Indianapolis Monthly. I, it, what seems to happen is it's a snowball effect. Press begets more press because once you get a big featured article like the one in the Indy Star, the other outlets think they've missed something. Right. And so I had we had submitted a press release to the HT and then a reporter called me wanting to embellish on that. That doesn't usually happen. <laughs> so uh, we'll be in there um, either tomorrow or Saturday. And then um, a reporter from WTIU uh, called Jonathan and came to the center and interviewed him today. And we'll be on the news desk either tonight or tomorrow awesome. and that has happened a couple times generally when something has happened when the pulse shootings occurred in Orlando mm -hmm. they contacted us and came out and interviewed us so well you you guys have always been so active and not only for your with your own community but you 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 do so much and you reach out uh, uh, all over you know this this entire area Bloomington Every, everyone knows what what's going on in Spencer and right that that's really a, a key component of our mission is we are South Central Indiana right. in the rural community there there's nobody else but us in South Central Indiana I, I I understand there's a Bloomington pride and we are very proud that there is a Bloomington pride but they are not in the rural community as we are. Sure. And we serve Greene County and Owen County and Martinsville. Really places. underserved places yes. that need outreach. Right. And it is so important for, and this is what I said last week, and I'm going to say it again, it is so important for Indiana especially to have an entity that is going to go and do something like this in the rural counties because as as uh as your niece sunny said um she comes from greentown you know and, mm -hmm. and that's a rural part of indiana they probably don't have a gsa or maybe they do but it's probably something small if they do yeah they don't so you know having something like this is probably a, a good thing for uh those rural areas and especially people Kids, kids know that they can come from a small town yes, and be queer and be fine. And be okay. Mm -hmm. that, that's another one of our hallmarks with our organization we feel very strongly about is to be examples to young people and even people my age. There are people my age, and I'm 68, living out in the rural area that still think they're, they're, they're afraid, that mm -hmm. are afraid. And so... We felt like, my wife and I felt like, we could be an example of, you can be a retired married couple with dogs living in the country and be out and, and be okay. And Jacob and Jonathan are an example of, of a young, uh, upwardly mobile, um, professional couple with a child. Mm -hmm. And they're an example to others in the community. We've got um, a trans woman who's part of our 
organization. She's a very um, diligent volunteer. She's she's done so much for us, and she lived for all of her life in Owen County uh, before she transitioned and transitioned and stayed two years ago and stayed in Owen County. Wow. Now that's that's some example. That yeah. is pretty impressive if you're feeling comfortable that, enough to transition and stay exactly. in Exactly, and I don't know that she was that comfortable, but she felt like that's what she should do. And so she's very um, anxious to do what she can for our organization because, again, here's an example in our organization of, of the diversity in our, that lives in our community. We're not bringing people from outside. Mm-hmm. This is everywhere. Right. And the way for people to understand this is everywhere is for us to show. If it's in Spencer, it's in Greentown. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you, so you're a representation of the community, exactly. which is what I've always said. Exactly. I remember a sign in the LG, well, <clears throat> at the time it was the GLBT Student Support Services offices, office that said, come out, come out wherever you are. Exactly. And that's literally what needs to happen today for us to gain more acceptance especially in today's political climate that's one of the issues that i um, tried to put out to uh, stephanie in the in the article that especially in a community like spencer everybody doesn't necessarily know everybody but there are a lot of people that don't know me and i don't know them um, but when they know you, it's harder to hate you. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's harder to treat you bad if they know you as a person. Exactly. And they actually have to look you in the face and, and, and then try to, try to treat you bad. So and There was something else in the, in the paper that I wanted to t- talk about, and it was your first real encounter with somebody in Spencer um, about you having a wife. And oh, yeah. it was uh, it was somebody that in a, was, a senior yeah. care center, right? That was kind of funny. This was years ago when I first retired. I mistakenly thought I would have time on my hands, so I volunteered <laughs> to do taxes at the senior center for people. So this was maybe the second or third year in. I did it for several years, so this would have been back in '03, maybe '02, '03. And uh, this one lady, it was in the senior center. I'd just go in there, and I'd sit in the back room. People would make appointments, and I'd do their taxes. So this one lady, they had their regulars, of course, and I would go in there, and she would say every day when I'd go in, are you married yet? No, Marie, I'm not married yet. Well, I'm still looking for a good man for you. Okay, Marie, you let me know when you find him. So this went on for a while, and finally, I was just, she just caught me wrong one day and, Wrong and day. said I, I'm still looking for a good man and I just was getting a cup of coffee and I said Marie I don't know what I would do with a good man I've got a perfectly good woman at home Yay! and her response was her immediate response was well that's just sick and I said well you may think so but I'm perfectly happy and I just walked back in the in the office with my coffee that was it it wasn't five minutes and she was in there just apologizing and apologizing i said it's okay marie i understand and she walked out and i don't yet know if she was really sorry or if the other people in the in the senior center said don't piss off the tax lady she's the (laughs) only one we have so i don't know it's because i was doing taxes or she was really sorry but either way i I accepted her apology so we were sunny i want to turn the focus to you for just a minute Uh, how do you identify I'm straight. Okay. So what makes you want to come down and help your aunt 
um, do this every year? Um, well, the biggest thing is I get to see my aunt. And um, I don't know, it's just fun. There's a lot of stuff to do. I mean, I know everybody, and yeah. Do you have any friends or know of anybody uh, in Greentown? Obviously, you're not going to out them, but uh, <laughs> that, that are yeah. LGBT. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would they do, if, or, or do you let them know that there's something like this uh, for them to come to? I mean, usually every year I post something on Instagram, mm-hmm. and like they'll like it and stuff like that, but that's about it. I don't, yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it, you know, I've always said I come from a really small town in, in the northern half of Indiana. And if I knew that a small town roughly the size of my own small town had something like this, I probably would have come to it younger. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, you know, especially since it's so family oriented. So mm-hmm. uh, I would advise you to always put out the word and, and say, um, and, and I don't need to lecture you at all because you have your aunt to do so, but um, I would say let them know. Let them, you know. let them know that there is something that they can come down to and feel comfortable at that's not your typical pride event like the one in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, that one that one's, might be a little overwhelming for somebody for their first time, especially from a, large, or from a smaller town. Right. Sure. So. Speaking of first time, there, uh, someone contacted Jonathan. I don't know on Facebook or how the contact was made, but Jonathan let me know. Uh, he's going to go to his first Pride events this year, and ours is the first one. Okay. And he said, well, because we're the first one of the season in Indiana. Mm-hmm. So he said, well, if you're going to, if this is your first Pride, ours is the best one to start with. <laughs> Don't get, you get a little uh, sticker shock if you go to, it's, like, Indy Pride. It's your very first Pride ever. You know, my first Pride was actually Chicago Pride. Oh, my. So <laughs> going to Chicago Pride and then stepping down to Indy Pride, uh, I was like, mm-hmm. well, this is, <laughs> this is a huge difference right. from one to the other. Right, so, right, exactly. So, you know, as I said, if, if I would have had, a Spencer Pride to go to back with yeah. when I was coming out. Right. It would have been extremely helpful uh, for a lot of reasons, but really because I was a closeted uh, gay guy growing up in a small town mm-hmm. in Indiana where you don't have support. Uh, the, the support that right. a lot of places do. Well, and speaking of uh, the kids, something new that we've done, and this has always been on our long-range planning as well and it happened a little sooner than we expected actually there is a youth group that has formed around our uh, at our lgbt center and they're going to be a part of spencer pride as prism is a part of bloomington pride and what had happened was for several years students have tried to start a gsa at the high school mm-hmm. and they they just close them down and the only way that's going to happen is for somebody to sue them because uh, obviously it's illegal but you got to make them <laughs> mm, right. if you want to make them do it and no student and or parent wanted to take on that challenge and so our PFLAG organization has gotten um, more active and more members uh, since we've opened the center and um, so one of our uh, volunteers is a teacher in Gosport and she said, well, I would be willing to be the adult mentor for the group, and why don't we just start a group? Just tell the kids we're here. If they want to start a group, we don't, mm-hmm. we don't have to be in the school. Right. We can just start a group anywhere. It's right. what do the kids need, yep. mm-hmm. not what needs yeah. to politically happen, right. like a GSA in the high school. Right. So they sent the word out, and the first meeting there were like a dozen kids 
showed up on a Friday night. And the kids decided what to do. It's it's totally kid-led with, like I said, the volunteer being the adult mentor kind of mm-hmm. overseer person. And so they played some games, and then they did some how-do-you-identify issues, and then they played some more games. And so, yeah, they're, they're already starting. I saw a letter to the editor the other day about how uh, Eastern Green could use a GSA Uh, and it was really interesting her take of of why they could use that uh, there at Eastern Green obviously they could use it but of course um, you know she she was very adamant I I hope I'm identifying her correctly but she was really adamant that they needed one so that uh, that some some small not small but some some student could come and be comfortable at their school. Exactly. Uh, and it, it stated some of the reasons that you just stated for why they don't have their own GSA. Mm-hmm. Now, hopefully they listen to the show and hear that, and that becomes a catalyst for having um, right. some youth group in their own community. Right. Do something. Absolutely. Don't insist that it must be a GSA, because the thing is, when you want them to be comfortable in school, absolutely, you don't want them to be afraid in school, because we know children who have left the high school in Owen County because they were so mistreated they just couldn't couldn't bear it but by creating this youth group outside of the school those kids still go to the school Mm -hmm. so even though they're not meeting in the school they've got this support group outside of the school then when they see each other in school hopefully it will translate and those kids that were with them to support them outside of the school will treat them that way in the school. Judy, we have a lot more to talk about, including going along these lines and any hate that has been shown towards uh, the festival in just a few moments. But we're going to take our first music break really quick, and then we'll be right back with you. Gender is like a psychedelic drug in rising singer Bebe Huxley's new single and surreal video. Quote, for me, the dark side is a state of questioning. A challenge to rethink my behaviors I've learned from my assigned gender, Huxley told Out. Raised in San Francisco's underground drag clubs, Huxley's early work saw her lip-syncing bubblegum pop numbers from Mandy Moore and Britney Spears. But after cutting her hair short, the queer artist began performing in boy drag. Quote, this feeling of butch self-possession that desired no, no approval of others was highly sensational for me feeling so opposite of the way my feminine brain was trained to seek validation, end quote, Huxley said. The dark, the dark side is ownership of my body and mind on my own terms. Huxley's debut Scorpio EP is due out this fall. Here is Dark Side.
We are back here with Judy Epp and Sonny Epp for talking about this weekend's Spencer Pride Festival in Spencer, Indiana. It is on the courthouse lawn out in Spencer. 
Indiana. And now I want to bring us back into talking a little bit, um, going along with, with having a comfortable, safe space to do stuff, uh, to, to, to be a young person at and, and that sort of thing. Spencer Pride hasn't always been a safe place to go. There have been a couple of incidents before. Uh, speak a little bit about those, Judy. Okay. Well, um, when you say we haven't always been a safe place, it's been safe, but there have been um, incidents. That would be a better way to put it. So um, there, we've had protesters, but generally they're like two <laughs> and they stand on the corner and want to read the Bible, and the police make a move to the protester area, which we didn't even know there was a protester area. <laughs> That's but, a good, good, um, good They sign. were like across the railroad tracks, <laughs> behind the food vendors, and nobody could see them there. So, uh, so we've had that. Uh, one year, uh, somebody did throw nails in the street, and we didn't realize that the police caught it. And they brought out the street, yeah, street sweeper. And cleaned up all the nails before the event started. So um, we've got great support from the um, from the police and sheriffs. Uh, it's kind of tricky there because the courthouse lawn belongs to the county, okay. so that's the sheriff, mm -hmm. and the street belongs to the city, and that's the PD. So we get good cooperation from both of them, though. To sure, I was about ready to say that, but you have had great cooperation from both the city and and the county governmental offices yes in having these events yes and it, it's the first event we had back in 07 we had in a park by the river mm -hmm. and uh, intentionally because we didn't have to ask permission we could just be there and and do whatever we wanted to so we put up a banner and we gave away food and we just kind of spread word by mouth and then we thought we'll see how that goes and then we'll do that for a couple years and then we'll ask to be on the courthouse lawn which is where we really wanted to be well the very next year in um 2008 was the 100-year flood, mm -hmm. and the park was flooded and contaminated. We couldn't be there. And it was days before the festival, like five days before the festival. Wow. So we're scrambling trying to figure out what, what we're going to do. And um, one of the town um, council or the town board <clears throat> was a neighbor of Jacob and Jonathan and suggested that we just go on and ask for the courthouse lawn. So... Um, so I went to the auditor. She went to the commissioners. I didn't even attend that meeting in person that year. And they said, yeah, we can be there. Well, actually, I think in retrospect, I think legally they probably couldn't have told us no because there's another festival on the courthouse lawn. The Lions Club put on the Apple Butter Festival. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how legally they could have told us no, sure. but they sure could have stonewalled us until mm -hmm. after the date <laughs> if they'd wanted to. But I don't think they even thought about it. I think they just said okay you can have a festival so our second festival was in 08 and it was on the courthouse lawn and that's the first year with the drag show and i'm not even sure how that was arranged uh right. but um um and elizabeth was mm. and elizabeth uh, was uncle, elizabeth. uncle elizabeth uh -huh. um was the bar in town and so i think somebody had connections with him and we got the we got the drag show. We only had we had like two or three queens, uh, no big sound system or anything, no <laughs> stage, just on the sidewalk there. Right. And we gave away food again because we couldn't get a food vendor to come. Food vendors want to come if it's multiple days or if they think they're going to make a lot of money. They don't want to bring a truck and set up mm -hmm. for fifty sure. people. Right. So we gave away food again, 
<clears throat> and you were speaking earlier, Jeff, to our outreach in the community. That actually was such a big PR thing for us, uh, inadvertently, because there were so many people flooded out of their homes. They came for the food wow. that we were giving away. And then the leftover food we had, we took to the um, organization that was taking care of the flooded out people. And so we got this big PR boon, and it was really an accident that we were taking care of the flooded people. Talk about a way to get good PR. Yeah, That is a great way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it wasn't anything intentional on our part, but once it started happening, it's like, what are we going to do with the food? Well, let's give it to them instead of taking it home or whatever we might have done with it otherwise so wouldn't you think that maybe there might be have been a couple people in the community that might not have been really that positive exactly until and that happened right right exactly so and we're always very careful um well and that year we were talking about the police too because since we weren't sure what how things were going to be how we were going to be received we had spoken to the sheriff's department and the police department and we had a huge police presence probably out of proportion to to the festival itself but we didn't know and they didn't know and so there were police and sheriffs lined up on the sidewalk watching the drag show it was hilarious that some of them are like really getting into it and others are like shaking their heads do you believe we let these queers on the right exactly exactly who would have guessed that i would have been assigned to this to right right assigned to this duty yeah so it was it was quite it was quite the event yes but outside of that you really haven't had any other hate incidents so to speak at the festival not at the festival right but unfortunately for jonathan and jacob Uh, yeah and maybe even a few others in the community who have had issues with with their pride flags. Right. I'm not aware of others, but of course I'm aware of Jacob and Jonathan. Whenever we make huge strides nationally, people locally want to lash out at the people they know that are a part of that or would benefit by that. I'm I'm still never sure what they hope to accomplish. Mm-hmm. It's like when somebody gets beat up. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're going to beat it out of them? Or uh, that's you can't kill us all. Right. Um, but fortunately, it wasn't anything that uh, horrid uh, that happened. But Jacob and Jonathan had had their mailbox smashed twice, and um, so. Now their mailbox is inside a huge Bedford stone case, (laughs) really tall, it's all stone. So you're either going to mess up your car or hurt yourself really badly if you try to smash that mailbox. And then they put up a huge, well, they had a, now see, I'm going to mess this up and I'm going to hear about it later. But they had a flag up and it got torn down, a pride flag, and it got torn down. So, um, actually, they got donations to put up a huge pride flag because their thing was, every time you tear it down, we'll just put up a bigger one. <laughs> right. So, I don't re- know if it's 16, 19, 20 foot, but it's <laughs> it's really in the trees. Uh, flagpole with the ropes and, and everything mm-hmm. and with the American flag on top and, the, and a huge pride flag underneath. And so some other, I don't know if there was some other national event or what precipitated this. I don't remember exactly, but the flags got cut. The ropes got cut. The pride (laughs) flag was, uh, uh, I believe the ashes were found burned, and the American flag was in a ditch. 
So it's like, really? Uh, I understand you're hating on the pride flag, but the American flag, too? Mm -hmm. You want to throw it in a ditch? So uh, Jonathan had put something on Facebook about that happening, and someone saw it and knew who it was. They had overheard these kids talking Uh about what they did. And so um, come to find out that uh, one of them was not from Owen County, one of them was, and one of the fathers paid them to do that. Oh, my gosh. Wow. But they got caught. And they got mm-hmm. taken to court, mm-hmm. and and they just recently finished with the court case of it, and they were ordered to pay restitution. And Jacob was there every day, in court, to to stand for right. his flag and his property. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they were, yeah. Congratulations, well, guys. Yeah, exactly. And and that just goes to prove why. Uh, Pride festivals are still needed there, and and I, they're going to be needed for a long time. It's not just uh, something that we need right now, right this second. It's something we need uh, ongoing, ongoing into the future. Right. Right. We are going to get to the top of the hour really quick with Jesse. This is listener-supported WFHB, Bloomington, Bedford, Ellettsville, and Nashville Community Radio for South Central Indiana, and online at WFHB. Right now, it's 78 degrees Fahrenheit in Bloomington. Tonight, it's going to be clear skies with a low of 52. Tomorrow on Friday, it'll be nice and sunny with a high of 83 and a low of 59 tomorrow night. This weekend looks kind of rainy with some scattered thunderstorms, but highs in the 80s and lows in the 60s. Now back to Blooming Out on WFHB. Great. Thank you, Jesse. Um, we will return talking with uh, Spencer Pride, Judy, and Sunny Epp. But in the meantime, we're going to have a music break. And uh, this music break is Elton John and Jack White appear in a new clip from the PBS documentary American Epic playing a piano and guitar duet of Two Fingers of Whiskey. American Epic, which is executive produced by White is a three-part historical documentary that will examine how record executives left their label offices in the 20s and turned to the rural parts of the nation in search of new audiences and artists. The docuseries was filmed over the course of a decade in which director Bernard McMahon tracked down long-forgotten musicians all over the nation to interview and to recreate the equipment they used to record. An an album of recordings using this early equipment titled the American Epic Sessions has been created in addition to the documentary, which is where this clip of Elton John and White comes from. American Epic is out now, and the sessions will will air on PBS June the 6th. Performed by Jack White and Elton John, here is two fingers of whiskey. Bye. 
You just heard Elton John and Jack White here on WFHB. Support for WFHB and Blooming Out comes from The Back Door, downtown Bloomington's queerest bar, dance club, and venue. From live bands and DJs to drag shows and karaoke, there's something for everyone every day of the week. The Back Door is located at 207 South College in the alley behind Atlas Bar. More information and their calendar can be found on Facebook or at their website, bckdoor.com. Blooming Out is also supported by the Quarrylands Men Chorus, Bloomington's premier chorus for gay, bi, and trans men and their allies. More information can be found at their website, quarryland.org. Now back to Blooming Out here on WFHB. Back here on Blooming Out with Judy Epp and Sunny Epp, uh, who are volunteers at this weekend's Spencer Pride Festival in beautiful Spencer, Indiana, along the courthouse square there. And we are excited for it. Um, a lot of good things going on, but a few other things that you wanted to mention uh, about other other uh, good things that have happened in Spencer. Right. A couple of things I want to be sure and mention um, when I talk about that we're actually changing hearts and minds in the rural community. The VFW recently was at a um, Main Street meeting. There's a Main Street Association in Spencer, and Jacob is a part of that. And they were letting people know they were having an open meeting for organizations to solicit um, donations from the VFW. So uh, Jonathan went and did the pitch for Spencer Pride and didn't think anything would come of it. And then he was at another a follow-on uh, Main Street meeting, and the VFW um, commander came in and had money for Main Street, another organization, and Spencer Pride. And Jacob was so taken aback that he didn't think to ask for a picture. So we asked the commander to come to the shop and take a picture, giving us the check so we could put it in the paper so people would believe that the VFW <laughs> really gave us money. It was $100, but we'll take it. $100 it, is $100. The fact that the VFW, full of old, straight, <laughs> white guys, um, no offense, any old, straight, white guys out there listening, <laughs> but those are not the people that we think in our rural community are going to donate money to Spencer Pride. So sure. when that word gets out, people take notice and the other um, historic event in our little community is the Spencer Evening World is a local paper local 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 mostly it has school stuff in it but um, they accept our press releases and they have printed our press releases but they never actively covered any of our events Um, they've never asked us for any coverage of our events and we reached out well first let me back up and say they have a new editor who has been friendly to us and we're very grateful to her but we uh, reached out to them to have a booth at the festival this year and it was not the friendly editor's decision it was a committee decision and I got a call that um, they accepted our uh, invitation to have a booth at the festival and uh, which is first, this is historic, it's never happened, and they will be at the festival, and we didn't get them a press release as of yesterday about the festival itself, and they sent a reporter to the center to interview Jonathan. So we're very excited about the change in attitude of the local paper. Congratulations. Thank this you. is all heading in a good direction for this community, and it, it, 
for those of you who don't know the population of Spencer, it's a, I think the street sign says 2,900. Yeah, so, that's probably stretching it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the Spencer Pride began what year? How many years has well, this been Well, 07 was our first was our first okay. festival, okay. and so it wasn't much before that that we started. Actually, as a P-Flag, because we thought if we set up as a P-Flag as part of a national organization, we'd have more credibility. Sure. And then a couple years later we, is when we actually were felt comfortable and safe enough to create split off and be a, have a P-flag and Spencer Prize. So 10 years later. Right. And now this is happening. Right. And um, also the uh, billboards. Yes, we've got two bill we we got billboards last year. Last year was actually our 10-year anniversary. And so we um, um, came up with the money to have uh, billboards and we had Suzanne Westenhofer, a renowned uh, comic and she was really thrilled to have her picture was on the billboard it she was, was so excited right, yeah. so we had two billboards last year and they were in Spencer and so this year the billboard um, company reached out to me are you going to do billboards again and we had talked about it and we had budgeted some money and we said yes but we we want a billboard away from Spencer we want a billboard like on I-70 right and so we have a billboard on I-70 at the Cloverdale exit and then they made a the billboard company made us an offer well for this much money which was a reduced expense we could also give you one in spencer so we have one in spencer heading if you're heading west toward walmart right you would see it and then the other one is at the cloverdale i-70 exit so we're real excited about that there are a bunch of activities coming up this weekend including um i hear somebody's going to be in a dunk tank Somebody, <laughs> somebody, Ryan, who would that be that's going to be in the dunk tank? Ryan guess, in the dunk tank. I guess uh, you placed me in the dunk tank this weekend. So if, if you want any reason to come out, just one lone reason to come out to the Spencer Pride Festival, I will be in the uh, dunk tank uh, taking my turn. What I didn't tell Ryan when he signed up was that the um, to throw to try to dunk him is a dollar a throw or six for five, I think. But if you want to pony up 20 bucks, you can walk up to the dunk tank and tap it and wow. dunk him. You is, don't even have to a, take a chance. Is that a bargain or what? <laughs> $20 just to dunk me in the tank. How wonderful. <laughs> we've actually reached out. Previously, we've, uh, we've mostly had people in the dunk tank from the local community and Spencer Pride. But this year, we've kind of expanded our reach with the dunk tank. We have Ryan in the dunk tank. We have one of the PRISM kids, Isaac Young, is going to be in the dunk tank. We've got a Tony Lederbrand who owns Owen Valley Winery is uh, going to be in the dunk tank. Um, Johnny Robbins, I don't know if you're familiar with her. She, um, she was a, uh, she's a past president of the Owen County Chamber, and she uh, um, sells radio time ads, uh, is going to be in the dunk tank. So we're hoping we'll bring in a whole new... Um, network of people to dunk the new people. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be in the uh, dunk tank at 12 o'clock, I, I believe, is the time that you have me slotted for. But there are so much other things to look forward to at the at the 2017 Spencer Pride Festival. Get into a little bit about uh, the family fun area, uh, the food and the entertainment. All right, the family fun area. We have in the family fun area new this year. Well, we've got the dunk tank, which we've had. 
we've spoken about. We have the slip and slide, which is all ages can get in the slip and slide. So bring a change of clothes. Right. Uh, use a slip and slide. We've got the toddler town, which is five and under. That's a lot of fun for the little kids. Um, we've got a three and one, and I'm not sure what all that is. I think there's a rock climbing wall, and I don't know what mm-hmm. else. Three th- three things and one inflatable. That's for up to 18 years old, 18 and under for that. And a bounce house for 12 and under. What, new this year, we've got Bloomington Areology. And I don't know if for people that aren't familiar with it, which is me, I had to be schooled on this. They use silks and poles, and they're in the air (laughs) with the silks and balancing. And um, so it's really, um, it looked amazing to me when I saw the demonstration of it. So they'll be there demonstrating and actually giving lessons for people that would like to to give it a try. Fun. So that, that's a good opportunity to well, do I'm that. Well, I'm already going to do something new by getting in the dunk tank. So I don't know if I'm going <laughs> to be up to the new Try area. the areology. But. Okay. Well, maybe you can just look at it. But those things are all going to be in the street, in Market Street. And then um, for the uh, – so that's a family fun area. We've got raffles. We've got some new kind of raffle stuff this year. We've got some sport raffle things for, for you sporty – uh, people out there we've got um tickets to we've got a package that's got two tickets to the shed aquarium in chicago mm-hmm. and tickets to the white Sox. four outfield tickets to the white Sox. so you can make a trip to chicago go to the shed aquarium go see the white Sox. we've got a package that's got uh, cincinnati reds tickets and indianapolis indians tickets is one raffle package um we've also got People are going to love this. We've got a rainbow handcrafted Adirondack chair. Really? It is gorgeous. <laughs> gorgeous. So that that's that's really exciting. We're excited about that. We've also got um, an eight Outback Steakhouse gift certificate packaged with two tickets to West Side Story. Ooh, that sounds like that's a fun being date put night. on. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yep. So there you go, a date night. So there are more things, lots of things in the raffle. So you want to be sure raffles tickets are a dollar each or six for five, and you could win some really nice stuff. Yeah. And the raffles this year are going to be in the community center, in the back of the in the back room of the community center building awesome. instead of outside. Last year you were just opening up the community center. And this year it is right. right ready to go. We opened our space, our retail space last September during Apple Butter Festival. And so we have our main focus is on locally handcrafted items. Mm-hmm. So everything is handcrafted, at least within the state of Indiana. Some mm-hmm. as far away as Muncie, but mostly more local, Owen County, Monroe County. We've got soapy soap. We've got press puzzles. People might be familiar with those. Press puzzles, if, you, if you've never heard of them, are each piece in the puzzle is hand-scrolled on a scroll saw. Handmade. It's not Pressed. pressing out with a machine. Yeah. Oh, wow. They're, each piece is handmade with a scroll saw. It has to be They're incredible. Uh, so we've got those. I mentioned the soapy soap. We've got walking sticks, hand-carved walking sticks. We've got jewelry, stained glass, beautiful stained glass. I can hardly go in there when she brings in new pieces without mm-hmm. leaving with one. And I said, I, I'm running out of windows. I, I don't have any place to put stained glass. So That's but, how I feel when we go up to the, the mall on north, north side right. of Indy. We're walking out of here with this much. Bags. Yeah. Of the, yes, yes, I understand. 
So that's kind of what happens with our volunteers. They come in empty-handed, they volunteer, they leave with bags of stuff. They're sure. just such nice stuff. And then we also have resale items. Um, we have um, mostly antique types of resale items. We've got little salt cellars, if you know what those are. In the mm-hmm. olden days, you had little dishes with your salt on the table instead of shakers. And um, just incredible amounts of resale stuff. And this weekend, we're going to have a special garage sale type of sale of the resale items in the back of the store. So in the middle uh, will be all the raffle items and then walk around the perimeter of the back room and you'll see all the the good deals on on some of the resale stuff. The other thing we're selling this weekend, started this weekend, is milkweed. This is a very prized plant and Mm -hmm. hard to come by and it's the plant that will keep bring the monarch butterflies back and um jacob usually goes to the garden club to buy milkweed and they run out of it snap and it's gone so we purchased three different kinds of milkweed and they are planted in biodegradable pots so you plant the pot and all wow and the pot biodegrades and, and like I said, there are three types. And those are, don't screw this up, $5 each or I don't know if, how many for 20 remember, so I'm not going to say. Come, yeah, <laughs> yes, people can just come and find out. Would be, would but be there's an idea. explanation if you don't know a lot about milkweed. Um, our intern this year did a beautiful job. There's a, a huge... Um, marquee type sign in front of the store that explains about milkweed and the three different types so you know which one to get you know how to plant it and all the information about it so really excited about that so many hard-working people contribute to this incredible festival really it it, and just the the community center and the shop itself we have we have one volunteer who works at walmart and greencastle drives to the center after work every day that we're open we just started opening on Thursdays now, so we're open Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. And he comes after work on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and works from the time he gets there, which is around 4, until we close at 7. That is amazing that you have people come from Greentown, Greencastle, wherever they come from. And, you know, even having uh, having your niece come here, I, that, that has to be something else. Oh, absolutely. Well, she and her sister used to come. Yeah. Now her sister's older and has a job and I understand so that kind of put the wrinkle in things but yes absolutely and and we've got people that just we had one volunteer who started volunteering and another volunteer asked her well you live in Bloomington and you work in Bloomington we want you here but I just am curious why don't you volunteer in Bloomington why do you drive all the way over here to volunteer and she said because the volunteer opportunities in Bloomington, when you go, they just give you a job to do. Mm-hmm. And then your job is done, and you can leave, and thank you very much. Mm-hmm. But here it's more welcoming. It's more like a family. It's not just a job when you come in here. So I was very heartened to know that that's how people, our volunteers feel about us. There are so many great things coming up. Uh, just one last recap of everything, Judy, before we get going. Okay. Entertainment. We've got all-day entertainment. Um, I won't go over all of them. You can look online and find all the um, uh, the entertainers that are going to be there, local entertainers, topped by 
the drag show at 4 o'clock. You want to be sure and be there for that. I've mentioned the raffle items, the family fun area, food, elfin ears, corn on the cob, tenderloins, kettle corn, bakery stuff, and vegetarian options will be available. Our sponsors, I must mention, uh, we've got sponsors from Walmart's, Spencer, Bloomington, Martinsville, and Greencastle. All sponsored this year. Uh, Cook and Boston, of course, IU Health, and French Lick is actually a, a financial sponsor this year. And we have two French Lick overnight stays in our raffle. One of them includes $200 gift card in spending money. Even better. Nice. Uh, June 3rd, it's this Saturday, free admission, free entertainment, free family-friendly activities, pet parade. The pet parade is going on at, I believe, noon. Right. Bring your pets. You're welcome to bring your pets as long as they're on a leash or contained in some way and you clean up after them. We have fun with the pets. So check our Facebook page. Check us out on spencerpride.org. Email us at info at spencerpride.org. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> That sounds like a, a good lineup there, Judy, and we appreciate you and, and Sonny coming on the show today. Thank you both. Thanks for having us. We love coming here. You are both welcome, and we are looking forward to everything going on in Spencer this weekend. It is now time for our last music break of the evening. Off her forthcoming album, Hopeless Fountain Kingdom, Housley released her last week her duet with Fifth Harmony's Lauren Jorigui, called Strangers. The track is a power pop anthem for queer love sung by two women who openly identify as bisexual. The two trade off verses throughout, most importantly using female pronouns to reflect on lost love. Quote, I just love that Lauren and I are two women who have a mainstream pop presence doing a love song for the LGBTQ community, end quote Housley said in a recent interview. It's very rare to see it from a female perspective. From Housley and Lauren Gerarguey, here is Strangers.
the memories replaying in my head. I miss the thought of a forever you and me. But all you're missing is my body. Oh. To finish out tonight's show, it's time for your weekly LGBTQ plus area event calendar. HIV testing will continue to be provided by Positive Link throughout the summer on the first and third Thursday of each month at the LGBTQ plus Cultural Center. This free confidential 20-minute testing can be scheduled by contacting the LGBTQ plus Culture Center. An IU staff member is forming a meetup group open to Bloomington area LGBTQ plus adults of all ages. If you're in town and would like to join like-minded folks for fun social activities, learn more by visiting www.meetup.com slash Bloomington LGBTQ social meetup. The annual Spencer Pride Festival will be kicking off Pride season activities on Saturday, June 3rd, including me and the dunk take. For those of you who didn't already hear that. This all-ages event has many vendors, food, options, drag queens, a pet parade, and more. The 2017 festival will begin at 10 a.m. and run until 5 p.m. on the Owen County Courthouse Square. More information can be found on Facebook. Follow that up by attending the Circle City in Pride Parade and Festival in Indianapolis on June the 10th the following weekend, and the Equality March for Unity and Pride in Washington, D.C. on June the 11th. That is all the time we have this evening. We would like to thank you for tuning in tonight. If you are interested in volunteering here at WFHB or for our show, contact volunteer at WFHB.org. You can also call us at 812-323-1200, tweet us at WFHB. Visit our Blooming Out Facebook page or find us on Instagram. The executive producer of Blooming Out is Joe Crawford. The producer is Ryan Chatty. The associate producer and music procurer is Grace Thumser. Our board engineer is Jesse Grubb. Finally, our theme music is an original composition produced for Blooming Out by Aaron Gage. For Blooming Out and Jeff Poyne, I'm Ryan Chatty. Please tune in again next Thursday at 5.30 p.m. and visit us online at bloomingout.com. Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ plus radio program, airs every Thursday evening here on WFHB at 5.30 p.m. You can also stream us 24 hours a day, seven days a week on WFHB.org or BloomingOut.com. Thank you for listening. Please tune in again next week to Blooming Out. Blooming Out.